I want to get right to the message tonight. I had uh, two or three just lately ask me, Preacher, where is that verse of Scripture that you say that we got a uh, cloud of witnesses watching over us uh, down here on earth that's going on to heaven? And I want to show you the significance of that verse, Hebrews chapter 12. If you'll turn there, first of all, I'd like to read. And now before I read that, it's going back. When you read the little word wherefore in chapter 12, the first word there, it takes you back to chapter 11. And it talks, it talks about all of these heroes of faith that's died and gone on. And they're in heaven. And then he comes to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, because of what is written in chapter 11 about these that's gone on to heaven, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which do us so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Pray with me, please. Father, would you bless now the reading of thy word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I think that anything that uh, I have this week could be broke is broke. I uh, My garage door quit working. I got it fixed. I went home and sat down and wanted to watch a ball game in my easy chair that raised my feet up. It wouldn't work. And it just that's the only two things I need. I garage door open my easy chair. And it quit working. And it just seemed anything that could go wrong, it went wrong. And so I, I, I think about this verse every time I think about that. This is the verse that keeps me going. I don't care. Come what might. Anything that goes wrong in your life, this verse ought to keep all of us going for this reason. Hebrews 12, verse 1. We got people, I got my daddy, my mama, grandpa, all of my kin people that I have preached for and led them to the Lord and have been saved. I know that they're in heaven. And I know according to this verse, and I'll give you some more in just a minute, but uh, this verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, lets us know that we got people in heaven that's encouraging us down here to keep running the race. Don't give up. Just keep serving the Lord the best we can. Now, verse chapter 11 lets us know it is the saints of yesteryear, those people who have already gone on to heaven that are in watching from the heavenly grandstand. There is Abel, and Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, I, Jacob, Isaac, Joseph, Rahab, the harlot, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and you go on and on in chapter 11. Well, we know they're in heaven, and they're cheering us on and urging us on to run the race of life of the Christian life. Have you ever heard the saying, the home team has the advantage? The reason for that is, we're cheering for our team. Amen? And uh, for these cheers of the onlookers inspires the athletes on the field uh, of the home team. Now, we got that cheerleading bunch in heaven 
if you want to put it that way, that's cheering us on down here. Now I believe great old preachers like Brother Rolf and John R. Rice and Sam Jones and Billy Sunday, Grandpa and Grandma and are cheering us on here tonight as we do our best to serve the Lord. Now I believe Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 to teach this. Listen to this verse. Revelation 22 verse 17. And the fruit of the, uh, and the Spirit and the bride say come. And let him that hear it say come. I want to ask you something now. Who is saying come? Those in heaven. You know what they're doing? They're saying to everybody down here come on to heaven. Now Notice, if you would please, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, there is the spectator of life's race. There are others watching us. We are the best Christian someone will ever really know. And may God help us to live and to run the life of the Christian life down here and not disappoint them. And may we be encouraged. Number one, I want you to notice, who have gone on before us. We have the spectators of life's race. Secondly, we have the strategy of life's race. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Now, for uh, there are three things in our strategy that when we learn to run this race. Number one, there's the first in discipline. Now, verse 1 said, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do it so easily beset us. I was talking to a man last night. He called me and was talking to me about deacons and trustees and, and leadership in church. And, and uh, he said, Preacher, I know that I can't be one because I smoke. And uh, now I didn't tell him that. He told me that, all right? So he was convicted of smoking, and that kept him out of doing what he wanted to do for the Lord. And this verse tells us, lay that aside. If there's something that keeps you from serving the Lord, I don't care what it is, lay it aside. That's discipline. Now, uh, a weight, and I want you to watch this, please. Their strategy is, let us lay aside every weight. Now, weight is something that in itself is not all bad, it's just a weight. For instance, an overcoat is all right, uh, but running a race, you wouldn't wear an overcoat to run a race. Uh, hip boots is all right, but you wouldn't be a runner with a hip boots on trying to run a race. And so there's certain discipline that belongs to the child of God and is here. It is a child of God does not have time to partake in good things. Now listen very carefully because it's very important. Because there are too many best things for a Christian. I don't understand how Christians have time to read all the novels and books they read. Uh, I don't have time to read Star Wars and all the New Age movement uh, things that's put out there. I don't have enough time to read my Bible. Amen? I want to read the Bible. That's the best thing. And remember this, please. Good things are bad things when they keep you from the best things. Coaching Little League instead of going to church, for instance, like uh, uh, life would be simple if life were a choice between good and bad. But it's not. Life is not a choice between good and bad. To a child of God, uh, life is between good and best. 
there may be a friend in your life who is good per, is a good person. But if that person, that friend, keeps you from fulfilling what God has called you to do, then you've got to leave that aside. It becomes a drag on you. You can't take time, pleasures, friends, or anything else that keep you from the best. Now, I want to give you a verse, and I want you to listen to it very carefully, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. All things are lawful unto me. Isn't that good? That's a child of God. Did you know as far as anything... In it, did you know, listen to me very carefully, smoking won't take me to hell. I'm saved by God's grace. Drinking a beer ain't going to take me to hell. I'm saved by God's grace. You can go right down the line mention anything that the world says is sin out here. And Paul said, I'm, those things are not lawful for me. I'm a child of God. But all things are not expedient. I can participate in these things, and I'm still going to heaven, but I will not do them. Why? Because they're not expedient for me. All things are lawful for me. But I will not be brought under the power of any. I'm not going to do it. I purposed in my life that these things will not drag me down. And you listen to me. Anything that drags you away from serving the Lord is not the best. And they can be good things. Uh, I can watch TV. I can go fishing. I can uh, go to a little league game. I can do whatever I want to. But uh, TV or anything else that keeps me from serving the Lord is not advantage to me. Notice the words now expedient in chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. Expedient means to expedite, to speed on your way. And anything will not speed you on your way to serving the Lord is wrong. It's excess baggage. Uh, you need to get rid of it. It may be a friend, it may be a hobby, it may be a job, and in itself it may, be not, it may not be bad, but you must make that judgment. And if this thing keeps you from maximizing your life for the Lord Jesus Christ, then there must be that discipline to lay it aside. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so does easily beset us. Now, notice the word so easily beset us. Don't get tripped up while running. That's what it means. Like trying to run in a robe or getting it wrapped around your feet or your legs. You must lay it aside every sin. One little sin will trip you up in the race of life. The Bible said little foxes spoil the vines. There's no such thing as a little sin. There's a Christian lady, a saved person that calls me every once in a while, calls my wife every once in a while, and right in the middle of the sentence, she'll use a slang word or a cuss word, right? Just bam! It's just like talking natural. And she said, uh, how did she put it? Uh, um, oh, excuse my French. No, I ain't French. Amen? That's cussing. And, and you've got to realize that. Hey, the world out there, what you, you get out there and you call yourself a Christian and you just babble off something and you use cuss words, that keeps you from running the race of life that you're supposed to run. 
Now the answer to that is 1 John 1, 9. You keep prayed up. You keep confessed up. We all make mistakes. We all get angry. We all say things we ought not to say and do. But we need to use 1 John 1, 9 and confess that to God and get it right. Now the Bible says, Let everyone names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So if you're going to run last race and you have the best for you in your life, you're going to have to depart from iniquity. The first part of the strategy of life, race, is discipline. Let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Now remember this, please. God has given me a race. Listen very carefully. It's not your race. God's given me a race to run. God's given you a race to run. Amen? We each one have a race to run in this life. And everything God asks you to do, God will empower you to do it. Paul said, I have finished my course. He didn't say he finished everybody else's course. Paul said, I finished my course. I wish that I can say, I hope and pray that I can say the last breath that I begin to take on this earth, I can say to the Lord, Lord, I finished my course. What you call me to do. First, there must be discipline. Secondly, there must be direction. Thirdly, there must be determination. We are to run with patience. Now go back, please, to to Hebrews chapter 12. In verse 1, not only do I believe we have people as encouragers, but that encourages me. Now, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do so easily beset us, and run with patience the race that is set before us. I'm going to tell you the truth. Life race gets tiresome. It gets weary. It'll bear you down. It'll bog you down. But you have to endure. My daddy uh, was a tough old bird. He really was. I mean, I want him to go fishing. I ain't got time to drown some worms. I got to go to work. And my daddy believed in working all the time. And when he hurt his back at 16 years old, I had to go to work. And with him on the job and carrying mud and helping him lay blocks and doing things. When I was just young, I said, oh man, my back's killing me. Oh boy, come on. We've got to get the job done. I hurt my back on the job one day. I was laying on a board. I was just just crying and carrying me. Get up from there and come on, work it out. And that's the way he, he had no patience for somebody. He had none whatsoever if you didn't want to finish the job. Come on, let's got to get it done. Now, I want to show you something if I can, please. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I want to begin to read verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith in this race wherein we stand, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. 
Isn't that great? Now look at verse 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for us. You know what verse 6 says? You need strength, God will give it to you. Amen? You need patience. And now I want you to watch this. I will never pray for patience. I'm not going to do it. Because I learned from these verses, you pray for patience. You know what God's going to do the first thing for you? He's going to send you some tribulation. He'll send it to you. There'll be something come in your life. You say, now wait a minute, Lord, I didn't want this. He said, yeah, but I'm teaching you some patience. And now, if you've never had any kids, you don't have an idea what I'm talking about. I prayed, Lord, I want some children in my life. Well, I got three of them, and I learned some patience. Amen? And they're not little angels in this world. They're children. And they'll, they'll teach you patience. But I wouldn't take anything in the world for neither one of them because they're gifts of God. And But they teach you patience. And sometimes we have things come in our life we have troubles, we have things, and we said, Lord, I want to live the best I can for you. God said, all right, I'm going to teach you how. Number one, I'm going to send you some tribulation that you can learn to work in patience. And in patience, how does that come? By experience and experience hope. Do you know I don't listen to a young man much that don't have, have lived a little life I like to talk to young men because I'm an old man now. And I like to feel young around young people, all right? But uh, it, when it comes to wisdom, I look for gray-headed people. I look for older people. You know why? They've been through it. They've lived it. They, they know what they're talking about. And I never will forget a young man in our church years ago. He was always bragging about everything in the world. And he's always talking too much. And uh, a man told me one time, years ago, he said, Son, when you're around your elders, shut up. And I never will forget that. But this young man did not learn that. And somebody was talking about being in the Air Force. Oh, he said, I retired from the Air Force. I said, okay. And then he was talking about something else, and he said, I retired from that. And he talked about something else. He went on, and one of the old men was listening back at church, listening to him. He said, "Son, if you'd have done all the things you said you'd done, you'd have been 150 years old." <laughs> you know. And I want to give you something now. You want to learn how to live for the Lord? God will give you tribulation in your life to teach you some patience. And you know how you'll do it by experiencing things in your life. Things come in your life, that's experiences. We look at them sometimes, we're thinking, that's terrible. It's ordinary, you take it. It might be that God's sending you something to teach you a lesson in life and how to handle it. And we got to handle it as God gives it to us. We got to be determined. I am determined, I made up my mind, I will serve the Lord. You think about it, I love that little old course. I, and I, I want to run with patience. Patience, of course, is endurance. Every runner must have endurance to, to finish the race. Now, Dr. Jack Hudson preached a sermon. I never will forget it. You know what he titled it? Playing Hurt. And he used the great Jim Brown to illustrate what he meant. The great football player. Jim Brown got hit on every play. But he bounced up 
and didn't want the opposition to know he was hurt, and he was running with patience. Now you can't uh, quit. You got to keep on going. Every great athlete is possessed with winning. It's amazing what it takes for some Christians to quit. Paul talks about the spectators first of all. Then he talks about the strategy. Then the strategy is discipline, direction, and determination. And lastly, notice what he says in verse 2. In Hebrews chapter 12 now, and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, that's the cross, endured the cross, despising the shame, and He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know who we're to look for when we have in trouble in our life? Jesus. He's the finisher of our faith. Amen? Our strength for the race is Jesus. He's the author. He begins our race. He's the finisher. He's the goal for which we run. Jesus is the author. He's already run the Christian life for us. He went all the way to the cross. He just kept on keeping on. He's the example of our faith. Now, you want faith? Just keep your eyes on Jesus then. Jesus is also the finisher of our faith. He not only put us in the race, but He gives us the vitamin C to finish the race. I don't know how what it takes to run this Christian life race. and But uh, neither does anybody else. You better look to Jesus for strength, energy, and steadfastness. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it, the Bible says. Learn this, please. Salvation is not a reward given at the end of the race. Salvation is a gift that puts you in the race. I become a Christian with salvation. God put me in the race of life, and I've been running it ever since. The reason so many finish the race is because they've never been born again. They don't finish the race is because they've never been born again in the first place. If Jesus puts you in the race, He's the author, He's the finisher of that race, and He will keep you in the race to finish the race. Now notice the words, looking unto Jesus. A lot of people just look at Jesus and not unto Jesus. Now I want to give you the difference. The devil bleed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says the devil believed in God and he trembled. You see, you're not saved by facts about Christ. You're saved by faith in Christ. Facts of Christ is just knowledge. Putting your faith in Christ is what saves you. Now the reason most Christians fail in the race is because they're looking at everything else but Jesus. To win the race, you must look at the finish line. Keep your eyes on Jesus and you won't see the dirt. My pastor told me that one time. I wrote it down and I keep it in my mind all the time. Keep your eyes on Jesus and you won't see the dirt. You know why? You're always looking up. You're looking to the Lord. And He will see you through life's race. And I know so many people that run the race and the very first little thing that comes in life, they quit on the Lord. And I, I promised the Lord when He saved my soul, Lord, what do you have me to do? I'll do it to my best. 
because it's my race. Amen? Now, you've got a race to run. And whatever God's called you to do, you've got to run that race to the finish line. And I believe God gives us the power to do it. He gives us the strength. Every morning I get up, some mornings I feel like I can't get out of bed. But God gives me the strength to do it and just keep on going. God's always there. I got the, you know that little guy that built, the little pink guy that beats on the drums? Energizer Bunny? I got one. I got me a little one. He's about that high. And every once in a while I get him out of my dresser drawer and you roll him on the floor, you know, and he'll take off. I love that little old thing. I see him every time I get... I, I see him on TV an, an hour time the other day, and now they got a battery so strong, he busts the drum. I said, that's me. Amen. We're going to just keep on going. I'm an energized bunny. I ain't quitting. Just keep on going with the Lord. Amen. Now, brother, that takes patience. That takes endurance. That takes just handling whatever God sends to your life. I, I, love, I love John for the way that, man, he was in bad shape. Ain't no doubt about it. But Sunday morning he comes scooting down the aisle over there in that little push buddy. He was out running her. And I looked over at him. I said, you know what? That takes a lot. It takes a lot for my wife to come to church every Sunday. And others that I've seen, there was a little lady come Sunday, sitting back there on the back row. I got out went by. I said, it's so good to see you. She said, preacher, it's so hard for me to even get up and come on. But I'm glad I'm here today. Amen. We all have something, but it ain't as severe as others. But that's your race. Run it. Amen. Stand with me, please. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll bless us tonight as your people and help us to keep steadfast in your service and look for you for leadership and strength and guidance and the Holy Spirit's power. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.